0: NEI Hoops Report, the number one rated NEI basketball coverage in the world, is proud to present the Road to Muni podcast with Junior and Pat. Hello, NEI Hoops Nation, and welcome to another episode of the Road to Muni podcast. We're on season three, episode seven today, and uh, on this episode, we're going to cover uh, a little bit of action over the last 10 days, uh, uh, a lot to recap on, on as far as we got some conference. We ended the semester with some conference games and uh, some top 25 battles and then the Cactus Classic and uh, even the Battle of the Vault here. So uh, a lot of a lot to, uh, games to cover. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the, the uh, player of the year watch list uh, as we see it. Um, and then we're going to talk uh, with Grace head coach uh, Scott Moore before we jump into everybody's favorite segment, uh, the Stock Risers Report. As always, I'm joined with Pat by Pat Darkson. Uh, Pat, you staying warm out there?
1: Yeah, we're trying. It certainly is. Winter has has arrived, but um, as as the cold front comes in, the the NAIA action heats up, right as they say. So, certainly been a good semester. Uh, excited to turn the calendar to 2023 for an even better run at it.
0: Yeah, well, well done there with the weather, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I tell you what uh, uh I hope everybody out there is staying warm and uh I, I know as we as we all start traveling for the holidays uh, uh we wish everybody safe travels and uh stay warm out there I, you know I don't want to be anybody's uh, or tell anybody what to do but if you can put blankets and everything in your car if you're traveling just in case uh, uh, something happens it seems like a majority of the country uh, right now is uh, underneath the storm watch or storm warnings here. And, and uh, I know here right now today, it's minus 20. So, <laughs> and that's without the windshield. So we're we're uh, getting, getting all nice and cold. But uh, uh, like Pat said, there was plenty of action this past week to warm us up. Um, you know, starting with the Cactus Classic, Pat. Um, I, I, I think we can jump in right there just because it was the most recent. But, uh, um, you know, one of my favorite, favorite uh, big classics of the year. This is the, the biggest one during this holiday break. Um, and, and usually features, uh, a lot of the frontier league from Montana, the teams from Montana, uh, heading down to Arizona, um, for, for a, a big showdown. And then you can see a lot of the GSAC teams. And then, uh, actually actually saw all of that Nazarene down there as well. So, uh, from the CCAC, so, uh, a lot of fun action. Uh, you know, I know, uh, the GSAC really played uh, some great basketball over the weekend. I think they only lost two games the entire, uh, week out there. Um, and then you saw, you know, an Olivet team that went down there, uh, bounced back after a, uh, a little bit of a strange loss uh, in their last CCAC game before heading to Arizona. Um, and then they go down and get top 25 win against Carroll. So, uh, you know, a lot of fun action at uh, the Cactus Classic. And, and it really just uh, a lot of fun games uh, heading into the break uh, over the last 10 days.
1: Yeah, I give those teams a lot of credit. You know, it, it, it could be easy to schedule a home game, uh, you know, at this time of the year against a non-conference opponent that, but might help you build some momentum as you head into the new year, but going on the road, travel and taking a flight, going to play, you know, strong, worthy competition. It says a lot about these programs and what they're willing to do to prepare themselves uh, for the road to Muni. So credit to all those teams, you know, the GSAC, especially as a team, we talked a lot about or a conference. We talked a lot about early on in the season, how they have some, some teams that really are looking to make a push at a national title. So, yeah, it's, it's good action. It's good excitement. And I think it's good for the kids, right? Especially if you think about a team like all of that, who right now it's probably, you know, the wind chills, negative in, 20 in Illinois, I'm sure. So getting to go down South for a little while probably isn't the worst thing in the world at that point.
0: Not at all. You see a lot of teams flocking to the South this time of year and, and uh, um, it, you know, just jumping into some of the action from last week to uh, outside of the Cactus Classic, uh, uh, it's cool to see, uh, a lot of conference games and uh you know maybe i'm wrong maybe it just seems different but i feel like there's a lot of conference games uh running all the way late and maybe that's the, the new scheduling this year you know with the, with the later start date um to the season but uh you know we had we had the conference games all the way into uh you know wednesday and thursday of this week and uh it led to a lot of good games you know we started off the week uh with the top 25 showdown and, and the sooner athletic conference with uh, Langston and, and Wayland Baptist. Uh, you know we're seeing Langston continue playing really good basketball. Um, I thought that game. You know, I, I want to say this because, and, and jumping in and around a little bit, but with Wayland Baptist, um, y- you know they they're losing both games. They lost both top twenty-five showdowns uh, this week. They lost to Langston and they lost to LSU Shreveport. Uh, that Shreveport game, ninety-two uh, ninety, at Shreveport was one of the better games I think I've seen this semester. Just kind of up and down, and and a lot of scoring, but. Uh, you know, we saw this Wayland Baptist team uh, kind of the same point last year, uh, you know, where they were, you know, they're, they're a top 25 team this year, but, you know, lost a couple games uh, in the first semester, and then they really turned it on late last year, and they didn't make the, the tournament last year, but uh, I just wanted to make sure we're we're not overlooking a Wayland Baptist team who maybe has lost a few more games than we thought they would this semester, um, but I think they're, you know, they may drop out of top 25 in, in January, but um, you know, as, as the season goes on, that's a very, very talented team. And, and Coach Galen is a very, very good coach. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't count Waylon Baptist out just yet either.
1: Well, and now's the time to do it, right? You can't wait until, you know, the middle of January or early February to make your push. If you start now, we saw this a little bit last year with a team like IU Kokomo, and you start building that momentum, and all of a sudden, like the calendar starts flying by, and it's like, holy cow, we just picked up two wins, you know. You turn those losses into wins. You think about early January, it's like, okay, we just picked up two wins. And now all of a sudden you've, you know, maybe won four out of five. And now that four out of five turns into, you know, eight out of ten. And you've really got something building. You've got got some great momentum. Or maybe, you know, you don't even have losses mixed in there. So now is the time to make the run. I think it makes it a little more difficult to make your case as you, you know, make your run later in the season. But if you can start now and and you hate to talk about moral victories and you hate to talk – you know, kind of about how you performed in losses. But I, I think with the Raiders and the way that the new format, those things matter, right? When there's real eyes on it and it's not just so much, you know, there's a little more that goes into it now at this point. So every game at this point, it sounds cliche, matters, right? Because you talked earlier about the league games. I think the schedule, especially for these bigger leagues, the, the reduction in games really kind of plays into it where you're forced to play league games at this point in the season. Um And uh, and all those conference games matter from here on out. So yeah, credit to Wayland Baptist. They they you know can certainly they're one of those teams that might get you know a nine seed or a ten seed in a tournament. It's like ah, we just that's a tough draw for a team. Yeah, and and
0: we'll obviously go more in depth on that season goes on too. And uh, you know, and and just a feedback or just a piggyback off what you said. You know these games do matter because uh, you know we're we've we've kind of teased it all for a semester and and we're going to go more in depth on this part of it too uh, here in the second second part of the season. But you know teams are going to start start playing for you know not just seeding in their tournament, but some of these uh, conference tournaments don't have uh, you know everybody doesn't qualify, so you're going to start fighting for your own your own season to to continue it on into the into the conference tournament as well. So um, yeah, it, you know every game does matter right now. Um, and it's not just conference games. I mean, we're, we're seeing some, some really fun, you know, national games still. Uh, you know, I, I look back at, at, uh, last Tuesday and, uh, something we'll probably bring up with, with coach Moore, but, uh, you know, speaking of teams traveling down to warm, you know, grace traveling down to, to Arizona Christian and, uh, you know, getting off, uh, you know, the new number one team in the country. I know it was, it was a day after and, uh, you know, we try, try our best to, uh, explaining the top 25 rankings, but, you know, grace handed, uh, Arizona Christian, uh, you know, and I know people don't like us saying this, but, you know, Arizona Christian was a little bit short shorthanded. Um, they are still trying to get healthy. But at the same time, Grace played went down there and played very, very good basketball. And I thought coming back after that Taylor loss, uh, Grace played maybe the best game of the year. Yeah, and
1: Grace doesn't control who suits up and who doesn't suit up. Grace controls what they do. They go down there and, you know, they win the game, right? It's similar, a little teaser for the Stock rising report. Your record is what you're, you know, you are what your record says you are, Right. These teams that are undefeated at this point are undefeated for a reason. So, Grace, yeah, like I said, doesn't control who's playing. You got to go down there and just guard who's out there. So, yeah, it, it's a uh, and it says a lot about a team. I think we talked about this on the last last episode where it was, I think their trip was structured really well, where they got down there early. They had a couple practices before the game. I think it makes it really difficult if you you know, get down there the day before and you're trying to get adjusted and you have maybe a walkthrough and your body's just, you know, a little bit stiff getting off the flight. It, it just makes it that much more difficult. So a lot goes into the preparation and the logistics are a really important part of that.
0: Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, your scheduling does matter, especially, you know, with this new or with the late start to the year and um, you know, just some of these conferences having to shift over a little bit, um, you know, going through the rest of the week, I know we, we talked about the the Cactus Classic a little bit as well. Um, you know, I, I thought that Thomas Moore uh, rebounded back off of, uh, you know, a loss pretty well, uh, you know, looked pretty good again. And then, uh, you know, there, there's even a, a William Penn team on Saturday. I thought that, uh, you know, you know, Mid American Nazarene, who's very, very good. um You know, they they have three losses in the year, and all three of the top five, top twenty-five teams: uh, Oklahoma and Evangel, now William Penn. But um, very good at home as well. And and uh, I thought William Penn, you know, kind of, you know, they 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 were shooting a lot of threes and not, you know, I know John Henry teams in the past have been very good rebounders. You know, I think they're usually in the top two or three uh, nationally rebounding, and they weren't doing that early on. And uh, seems like uh, he's got his team back rebounding, and and they played very very well on the road um, down there. And Then you got a, a Freed Hardman team who, uh, um, you know, maybe playing as good as anybody in the country right now. I know they won ten in a row, but uh, um, and that that says a lot too. But coming off of a and Thomas Moore loss, and then uh, answering the call this week, uh, you know, it's kind of easy sometimes to knock off, uh, you know, a top one or two team in the country, and then and then thinking you made it. Uh, but free free uh didn't, didn't uh, win that game and then relax. I mean they continue to stride and need to win ballgames.
1: games. Yeah, and that another little teaser for the stock rise report I know you hit on that last week. they continue, they, they deserve to be mentioned again, right And that Thomas Moore, we're now seeing kind of the, the inverse of all this where they lose one then they lose another then they have to win a close game in OT. You have to be able to write that shift sooner rather than later. So you can't let those losses compound as you head into Christmas break and probably really, really excited to see Christmas break if you're Thomas Moore, just to kind of hit the reset button, relax, and get things re Yeah,
0: and, and just kind of finishing off with that point, a, a couple more teams that are, uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see like what Florida College and, and Carroll do. You know, Florida College are losing two in a row going into break and Carroll losing three in a row uh, going into break there. And, um, you know, just seeing kind of what they – you know what they can do coming out of break to uh, uh to right the ship a little bit but like it ain't more so it just like kind of lingers there until you play again you know and yeah i think this is a bad you know it's not a bad time to lose just as, as a sense of like for the whole season but you know i remember from the coaches you know, coaching standpoint you know i think it, you know maybe only once or twice thank god but uh where we lost going into the break and it you know JM player standpoint i just think you're like it leaves a sour taste in your mouth. So now looking at those two teams, particularly, uh, you know, how they come out of break um, and, and if they're playing better basketball um, now that they get a, you know, five, six, seven days of, of rest before they start playing another game.
1: Yeah. And I'll tell you, if a player's perspective, losing going into their break, is like the worst thing ever. Cause that gives the coach so much ammo, you know, you make one mistake in practice and it's just like, you revert back to the last game, like, "Hey, this is exactly what happened. This is why we're losing games at this point." It's like, please, could we just go in with a win? You know, it's like, oh my gosh, it just gives the coach so much to to lean on and so much to keep in his back pocket as you make mistakes through practice.
0: Yeah, and, and it is. It's uh, I know that, uh, like I said, the coaches have have a sour taste in their mouth too, and and uh, unfortunately, when you get back for those those, uh, and for those that don't know, a lot of these practices back coming back from break are gonna be uh you know sometimes i will be two or two days you know back to the two days to get these guys back in shape a little bit um yeah
1: plenty of time to watch film during the break too so (laughs) yeah
0: and uh you know sometimes you're like okay let's get on the line you know a little bit quicker to to send your team to run some sprints because they are still building up a little bit but uh um yeah it'll be interesting but overall just a great first semester of hoops action um you know i i think that uh, we're starting to see some of the cream rise rise to the top and um you know even these teams that we mentioned they're struggling in to break a little bit um you know i don't think you discount them at all i mean we're 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 one semester halfway through the season basically and um you know you're you're gonna start seeing some momentum shift here And, and as we've mentioned uh in the past you know some players are gonna be added to some rosters too and um you know i already know that uh, we, we've seen a couple people back. I know that a lot of it, a lot of the players will be back once the January certification comes through. Um, and NEI, uh, you know, certifies these players and gets them uh, eligible, so um, or approves their eligibility. So, uh, January we'll start seeing a little bit more, uh, you know, new players coming in, but uh, um, you know, not talking about just the new players coming in, but um, as we shift over into uh, some of the players we've seen this year that, you know, as we, was we quote unquote, our, our our national player of the year watch list, um, you know, for me, and I, I'm sure it's for you too. I, I think you got to start and may, maybe right now end the list uh, with Mason Walters. Um, yeah. Know, for me, I, I, you know, I know there's, there's a lot of good players. And we're going to talk about them, but Mason Walters right now, you know, he's second in the country in points per game. Uh, his top 10 i believe in uh rebounds per game but he's uh, uh 30.5 points 9.8 rebounds 3.6 assists per game and the efficiency level he's doing this at with 68.5 percent for the field and the thing that's making him very dangerous as we've seen him uh start develop or not start to develop but continue to develop uh his, his perimeter game and he's shooting 39.1 from the three-point line as well this year and um, you know, I'm not saying that, that nobody can take overtake Mason Walters, but I gotta think he's the heavy favorite going into the second semester right now. Yeah, and you just
1: – I mean, you almost look at the whole body of work, right? And this obviously is a one-season award, but with a player like Mason Walters, it's its almost like it's hard not to look at where he started and where he is now. It's just – I think the the perimeter aspect really is something I wanted to hit on to how your game evolves, right? And that's a sign of a really good player to sign that – he's kind of a man on a mission at this point and the numbers speak for themselves. It it, it certainly feels like his uh, award to lose. There certainly are some other players, the Riley Minnicks is of the world, the Frankie Davidson's of the world and guys that, you know, Matt Simpson, even just guys that have been household names for a number of years, Seth Maxwell. Um, but Mason Walters for sure feels like, man, the front runner at this point. And it, it's, it's incredible to see, it's incredible to see kind of how, And I'm sure it's even slower in his mind how slow the game is for him you know you adjust and and you're able to attack defenses differently and seeing good players play is always just you know it's just always a special treat yeah
0: and and, you know continue going on with him a little bit just the fact that he's uh it's so much fun watching him play because he you know he sees so many different defenses and game plans and uh, schemes to to take him away and, and he continues just to produce at a high high level and these last three games um that he's had he's i believe 39 32 and 34 i believe but anyway all all in the 30 point games uh, over the last three games and he just continues to impress um you've mentioned uh you know i think frankie davidson and and some of these guys uh that we're going to mention here um you know it's you know, it's easy to talk about, you know, um, you know, like Riley Minnix, who who's third in points per game and first in rebounding in the country right now and uh, averaging 28.4 and 14.7 uh, rebounds per game. Um, you know, unfortunately, they're not winning a lot of games. So, you know, maybe maybe he gets taken out because of that. But, um, you know, some of these other guys, like Jaden Leitsky and, and uh, even, even a Frankie Davidson, Frank, you know, I know Grace scores a lot, but they're a pretty balanced squad. Uh, so their numbers take a hit a little bit. And Jaden Leitsky, you know, um Oklahoma Wesleyan uh you know they they have a pretty well balanced team too so you know when he's averaging uh you know under under 15 points per game uh in the season that doesn't take away his overall you know you know his overall uh resume for for player of the year watch I think you got to take the fact that you know one their team's winning you know two they have such an impact on winning uh for their team and three just the fact that you know how how I don't want to say unguardable they are, but how dominant they they can be, um, and that's certainly the case with with people like Frankie Davidson and Jaden Litesky, and then uh, another guy that we haven't really talked about uh, yet yet, but uh, is probably uh, you know up there in the top two or three uh, right now is Reed Jolly out of Thomas More, and and just what he's been able to do um, this season is is, is uh, fun to watch him too. And at eighteen point eight points per game, you know he's not top ten in any category, uh, but as an efficient player and as a, as a player that just kind of uh, has that takeover game mentality and at any given moment can go for 25 or 30 if you needed to, um, you, you know, you look at those types of, as players on uh, your player to watch uh, or a player of the year to watch list.
1: Yeah. And it's all about control. Right. And, and I think the sign of a really good player is they kind of control the game, whether it's on the offensive end, the defensive end, taking the best assignment, you know, coming up, getting a big stop, when they need a big stop and just, You kind of, when you watch these guys, you feel it, right? You feel their impact on the game. You kind of feel their presence out there at all times. And all these guys certainly are great players, right? It's hard to just pick one player of the year. That's never an easy decision. But, you know, at the end of the day, it has to be done. So certainly, you know, you think about these All-Americans and and they're all so, so close uh, when it comes to player of the year. But yeah, there's, I mean, it just speaks to the talent, right? And we can speak to this till we're blue in the face about the level of the talent of these guys out there but yeah at the end of the day you know it feels like unfortunately not unfortunately but it comes down to stats right and you have to be able to have the numbers to back up the player of the year and it feels like mason walters at this point you know is maybe you had to say the clear favorite, right and it is and that's just the reality of the situation
0: well and, and winning is going to matter too and, and as, as we've seen in the past you know right uh, year winners are off winning programs and then Jamestown uh, is definitely winning a lot of games as well. So uh, yeah, that's where Mason Walters fits in. But even guys like, you know, you look at uh, Kevin Clark, we talked about Southwestern and you, know, you, you were mentioning some guys that uh, first team all American, you know, you know, guys that were even player of the year in their conference, uh, you know, that Jane Latsky, Kevin Clark uh, uh, battle in the, in the KCAC we but then you got, you know, Markel Turner, a union who, uh, you know, he's, he's top 10 in points per game this year. And, uh, you know, uh, Eugene has got some more firepower for him this year. So he's not averaging – you know, I know he's a sophomore. He led the country in scoring, and he's not going to ha- – he's not having to do that this year, uh, even though he's top 10 in scoring now. Still, uh, there's a little bit more firepower at Union, and, and as a top 12 program right now um, in the coaches poll, uh, you know, he's certainly a guy that, that I believe is back-to-back first team All-American anyway, but uh, probably on his way to a, a third one, um, and it can, it can play his way into the – you know – as a, one of the favorites to uh to win the player of the year national player of the year as well um and then you look at a newcomer that, that i really like and a couple newcomers i i really really like and i think that they're in the mix too um jalen brooks out allow lsu Shreveport, he's he's top 10 in, in uh, uh points per game and then he's second in rebounds per game of the year and um, just as a 6'5 guy that can just completely take over, and we've seen completely take over games. Um, he's already had a couple game game winners this year, and uh, you know I think he's got he's got a chance. And and you mentioned Seth Maxwell, but he's he's a returner. But Seth Maxwell um, out of the uh, uh, the Crossroads League, but another Crossroads League player that I have really enjoyed a newcomer um, is Tayshawn Cherry out of out of uh, Marion, um, and I, I think a, a couple guys that you know like we said. Uh, some of these guys may just be, you know, I say just first team All-Americans. I mean that's a hell heck of a compliment. Accomplishment, <laughs> but uh, um, you know, as you're talking about the National Player of the Year watch list, uh, some of these guys are 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 certainly in the in the conversation. And, and here they got a full semester uh, to to improve their resume to get in there. You know, uh, you know, I hate to say, like I said, you, you know, the Mason Walters tier. But I do think that right now, as of right now, you know, if the season ended right now, Mason Walters is probably your National Player of the Year. Today's Coach's combo with Grace Lancer Head Coach Scott Moore. We're here with the fourth ranked uh, Grace Lancer's Head Coach Scott Moore. Uh, Coach, welcome to the podcast. I know uh, you guys uh, are are getting back from Arizona trip. I hope uh, you're staying warm now that you're back in the cold climate
2: yeah just right before this uh this 12 inch uh, snowstorm we're gonna have so it was perfect we uh it was cold in phoenix we got there it was about 55 and then uh we get back to indiana and uh we know what cold actually is so we kind of got spoiled there for a couple weeks yeah i was gonna say
0: 55 sounds really nice
2: right now I right about now it does man
0: but uh, yeah if you want to talk about you know obviously your season so far too um i i know uh coming in i know you guys uh, uh suffered your first loss of the year to taylor right before that trip uh but bounced back with with a nice uh win over the current number 1 uh ranked Arizona Christian team. Um you want to talk about your season a little bit and then kind of talk about the Arizona trip as well. Yeah, i mean
2: it's been a good uh good start of the year. We've been healthy, which is obviously a big big part of uh being successful, right? Is is just you are trying to stay healthy. We haven't had as many um, knick-knack injuries we did last year. Uh, the twins both came in healthy and obviously they've been playing at a high level for us, which helps. And, um, Elijah and Frankie, just, you know, they've been kind of doing their thing and all, all our young guys, you know, we were really young on paper last year with some experience, but, you know, having, having a year together, having a summer together, um, just plays huge dividends and just coming into the season a little bit more prepared, I think. So we kind of hit the, hit the ground running early there. Um, had a really nice couple wins. Um, you know, the Oregon Tech team, who I think is going to be a really good basketball team, they're starting to find their way a little bit. It was a good win for us. And then uh, Cornerstone, man, like every year, you think they're not going to be any good. And then Coach Elders figures out a way how to be ranked and get his guys playing well. So that was a good, that was a really good road win for us. I felt, you know, it was probably on coach more than anything else. I felt um, I probably did not do a great job of, you know, it's hard when you get, into december and even january just to to keep you know 18 19 20 year olds just motivated and keep going even if you are good and to show up every single day and to get better and better and better like that's a tough thing to do in six for six and a half straight months um you know i I felt it coming a little bit um and in the league, again, it doesn't matter who you play, right? We talk about that all the time. Every, every league can tell you the same thing where it doesn't matter if you're playing at Indiana Wesleyan or you're playing at Taylor, or you're playing at Spring Arbor or you're playing at, you know, Arizona Christian, just road, road wins are tough to come by. And they're even tougher to come by when it comes into conference play. So, um you know taylor just outplayed us it was it was a long time coming i got out coached we got outplayed and uh it was it was probably good for us in a sense just uh um to refocus and get our minds back right and and it was probably on me a little bit as their coach to to hey i need to i need to tighten things up a little bit here and we need to get back on track so it was good for us
0: yeah i think that uh Pat actually says it a lot, uh, you know, uh, coming out of a loss, you learn a lot about a team and how they bounce back. And, and uh, um, you know, especially because yeah, I think you guys hopped on a plane, I think the very next day, I'm guessing. And, and I know you got out to Arizona a little bit early um, uh, and adjusted well, but uh, uh, going into that Arizona Christian game, um, you, you know, I, you said you were regrouped and, and, uh, and, and probably uh, the guys were a little bit uh, ready to go. Uh, obviously for that one too, but uh, um, I thought it was one of the best games that we've seen you play uh, this year to to date so far. Yeah, it's – it's you know, coaches will tell you this too, and any coach listening to this will be
2: able to tell you this. It's You can almost feel it in the practices leading up. Like, I, you know, I, I didn't think – I didn't sit there and say, hey, we're going to win this game, like we're ready to go. But, it, you know, we practiced – we got out on the plane at 5 in the morning, literally 5 in the morning to get out to Arizona. And, you know, all that stuff, I just – I'm not a big excuse maker. I think uh, a lot of these guys, they try to tell the guys, it doesn't matter. Like every, as long as it's 94 feet and the rims are 10 feet and, you know, we got a basketball, like it doesn't matter where we play, who we play. Um, We just got to show up, man. So I I felt like our practice the day before the Arizona Christian game was the best practice that we've had since I've been coaching. I mean, we, our guys were going after each other. Um, I had a few heart to heart uh, with some of our guys individually, um, just challenged them a little bit. Um, and you know, it's you know, a day before we're playing the number one team in the country, and we're practicing for two hours, and they're just they're literally just going at each other. I think it was just more a mindset than anything else. And obviously, when you're playing against a team like that, um, you're gonna be I hope you're ready to play at least, you know, mentally, but yeah, I just you can feel it, and hopefully that'll kind of refocus us a little bit because man, things don't get easier. We're gonna turn around here and I think we play eight games in a row now, but uh, arguably top 25 teams in a row. So, um, yeah, ready or not, right?
0: We show up and got a hoop. Yeah, and, and uh, leave it to the Indiana guy with the uh, Hoosiers reference there, too. But...
1: Yeah, got to <laughs> love it. <laughs> you know, uh...
0: I thought Pat would enjoy that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me, Coach, out. you mentioned, yeah, earlier, you you know, a summer together. What if, What was that summer like? Obviously – Your schedule was set at this point. You kind of knew what was ahead of you. You had a bunch of guys back from last year, and you just spoke about the competitive nature of your team. Walk us through the summer and kind of the fall and how we've gotten to this point, you know, getting these guys to, you know, focus and understand that this team is really, really good. Your team is obviously really talented, but it's all got to come together at the right time, you know, to make this thing possible.
2: Yeah, well, last year... Last year, you know, we had such a great start, and um we probably won a few. I mean, we snuck out a few games. We probably uh maybe got a little lucky to win, honestly. Uh, the, ba- the ball bounced a little bit uh, in our direction there in a couple early games. And, um, you know, both my twins were hurt all season, and they're big contributors to, obviously, our success. And we knew that when we got them back, like, we were only going to be able to go – so far and we knew how important both of them were well I just you know the first time you experienced this is I did not do a very good job as a coach in implementing them back in I just kind of threw them into the fire and I just I kind of as a coach just said you know we'll figure it out right just going to put them in and and we'll blend and that takes some time and so had I done it again I probably would have, have sat the twins down and just kind of said hey let's let's do this slowly we're playing well you know you guys got to get adjusted to how our team is playing and you know, maybe figure that out. But this summer then, with all the guys, they're healthy. I mean, they're so stinking competitive. The biggest thing was just trying to make sure not to have them kill each other. I mean, it's just like, look, at the end of the day, you guys, you are on the same basketball team. And there was just something about this preseason. I really challenged them to kind of come in. I didn't want to use conditioning time or get back into school to just get ready, right? I thought with a team back, With as many older guys now as experienced as we had, I wanted them to show up in August um, just ready to roll. And I thought coming back into school, there was just a sense of, hey, there's an expectation that I don't want to let that guy down or let this guy down. So I'm going to selfishly prepare in such a way that I'll be ready to roll so I won't let my team down. And man, when they got back in August, I, I was honestly blown away um with the conditioning level of our guys, um we kind of got started and you know once we were able to practice and we were able to go, you could tell, okay, we can move a little quicker here. You know, we've already know some of the standards. Uh, you know, now it's these guys are saying certain things that I would have said last year, but it's carrying over, right? Some more player led stuff. Um and it's good. It's it's it really I think that summer leading up and then this fall just I just thought we were ready to go a lot earlier. Um, it just felt that way.
0: You know, you've, you've brought up that experience word a couple of times uh, now. And um, you know, one thing that I look back on, uh, I know that uh, you guys were a young uh, team last year. And and even though with that experience you had, um, you, you were able to make it to Kansas city. Um, and I know that it still takes a little bit of luck and, and good draws uh, to get back to Kansas city. But can you talk about maybe that experience you guys had uh, that, you know, making it there last year, and, and how that can translate into this year as you're trying to make a deep run, uh, to return to Kansas City again this year. Absolutely, I I think
2: I can tell you from from my own experience as a player. I remember, you know, back back in the the early kind of 2000s, there, you know, when it was just 32 teams, and it was at Branson with the Division Two. You know, we we had a really good season. Um, my, my, junior, my sophomore, my junior year. And, and at that point, there were only a couple crossroads leagues. I think we had two, maybe three, even make it out to the national tournament. So we won 20 plus games my junior year. We actually were one of the first teams out. We didn't actually even make it. And so what we did was we got in cars and most of my guys, we actually went out to Branson just to watch. And I know that sounds crazy, but I just thought that like getting to be able to see it Um, and feel it right and smell it like that's such a huge thing. And then when we went back my senior year, even though we had not played in that in a while, like I felt like okay, I'm back, right? Like I just got that experience. So, were we good enough to win the whole thing last year? You know, if I'm being honest, no, we, you know, Loyola was better. Um, they were the best team in the country, they just had more talent, and you. Even if they didn't play well, you would have had to play exceptional just to knock them off. And I thought just getting out there, you know, there's no participation trophies, but that was huge for this team, especially with this year and moving forward. Okay, you got there. Now you see the court, you see the lights, you know, the hotel, you know, the teams. I thought it was just good for us to watch the level of basketball, man. Because like, you know, Pat can tell you too like the, the NAI has just changed. Um, we, by far, this is a, this is the most athletic grace team has ever had ever. And, you know, we get out to Kansas city and we're not the most athletic. And so just to see that talent and to see the level of athleticism and the size, um, I think it's only good. I think it only prepares you to, okay, now we know what to expect if we are able to get out there, uh, once again.
0: Yeah, I, I, uh, one of the things that I thought last year, too, was that uh, uh, just watching you guys in Kansas City, um, after watching you guys all year long, was that, uh, it, you know, you, you came up against a, a hard-nosed, tough uh, College of Idaho team, and it uh, uh, was who's, who's very good as well, and, and they're you're, they're young and going to be good, too. Um, but I thought that experience, you know, coming into this year, I was like, man, this is a team that, that can definitely make it back. And, again, I, I know – uh, there's a lot more into it than just being talented. And, and, uh, I mean, you, you do have to get lucky to, to, uh, win a couple games in the, in the, to get there even, uh, to Kansas city, but, uh, certainly, um, that experience, I, I hope, and, and, uh, bodes well for you guys. And I hope you guys make a return trip just cause you're a lot of fun to watch. Um, you, you know, we talked about, we were, we did a segment right before you came on, uh, just talking about, you know, some of the the national player of the year, uh, candidates and, and, uh, Frankie's played suck into there in, in, uh, you know, I know that Elijah's, uh, you know, a big part of your team and and, and gives the uh, twins, uh, you know, help to relieve some of that pressure off of those two as well. And, and you guys got a, a well-balanced lineup all the way down the line. I, I know that I like to joke, uh, not joke, I'm serious when I say online, that uh, uh, kind of pick your poison on how you want to guard you guys. because It can hurt hurt teams in so many different ways. Um, but, yeah, Frankie, you know, maybe not have the stats that other people, or that, you know, some of the top Mason Walters and, and um, you know, some of the top scores in the country have, but, uh, Frankie's definitely in the conversation and, and uh, um, you know you want to talk about maybe a little bit what his impact on the team and I know you've kind of talked about some of these guys already but uh, maybe just uh, you know what your depth does bring to your team board sure. we well
2: you know I was part of part of who we are as a basketball team and in, in my program and me as a coach is is directly uh, from me as a player right like I played with all Americans. I play Marcus was phenomenal. Um, I played with Eric Gaff and Kyle Johnson, you know, seven foot all Americans. And, and my biggest thing is the point guard was like, look, man, I just love winning. Like I, whether I score two points or score 22 points, uh, I want to win the basketball game. And I just was figured out early. If I got the ball to these guys, then I was going to win more games. And so it's funny how as a coach, you kind of take that a little bit um, as what I used to be as a player. I I wanted to build a team that I wanted to play for. And so I take a look at our guys and, you know, one thing about our roster is, you know, and Frankie probably averages close to 18 a game, I believe, but like that that's probably going to be the highest scoring person on my basketball teams uh, maybe ever. Like I'm not saying that we won't have a guy that can average 20, 25, but, I just always felt like if we could get four, five, six guys that could beat you, um, then it's okay for some of those guys to have a night off. And, and I hope, I really do hope the statistics don't, don't hurt those guys and the National Player of the Year candidate. Like, at the end of the day, Frankie Davidson is a phenomenal basketball player. And he has, he has the it factor where there's certain things that he does that, look, I just can't coach like he just had he does some things where it's 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 literally some of those things you go okay Frankie's cooking let's just get out of the way like that's your job is just i need to stay out of his way and put him in a position where he can just go do his thing but um you know he's very deserving he's not going to put up you know a 23 and 20 night like Riley Minix he just not because we don't ask him to do that yeah um same thing with Elijah like you know, I, you know, I'm biased a little bit, but I believe the kid's the best post player in the country. And I I think he's not far off from being the best player in the country. Um, And, you know, he's going to average 14, 15 and eight, and it's not going to jump out and go, Holy smokes. Like, but I think he's a first team all American. And then the same thing with the twins, like, you know, they're both averaging double figures. They're both around 12, 14 points a game. But in my opinion, I think both of those kids are all Americans. Now it may not be this year, Um, but it's coming. So that's what I like. I like, we got a lot of unsung heroes. Um, we got a lot of guys who make, you know, Frankie's job a lot easier. Um, and he knows that, and he's such a special player for us that, you know, we're just lucky to have him. And I think at the end of the year, hopefully we'll be in a position where, uh, both Frankie and Elijah can be in that conversation.
0: You wanna know why the Lancers are uh, a top five team in the country? It's because of their depth and and uh also you have the top top tier players. And one of the things we mentioned with Frankie just to, you know, and kind of what you're talking about is the the potential, you know, just being able to take over a game and, and same with Elijah. I mean, Elijah's one of the more more dominant players I've I think I've seen and, and watching him in person last year in Kansas City um you know it's it's completely different than watching a guy on, on film you know you watch him and you're like oh yeah this kid's good but then you watch him and have the dominant performance that he had um last year in the national tournament watch him in person and just the power he plays with um and then and then being able to kind of go and have some skill to it too um is a lot of fun to watch so uh very very talented team very very big team i think your length uh provides some issues as well but uh um, just, just uh, as we talk about uh, a top five team in the country, uh, it's a well-deserving um, mark for you guys. And I know uh, the last rankings uh, uh, came out after your your Grace or after your uh, Arizona Christian win. But uh, um, you know, I think like it's uh, very important for people listening uh, all over the country that uh, these things are still going to play itself out, and um, you know, it's more about just trying to circle the the top teams and the the top contenders uh, across the country, and then Grace's play themselves into that as well. So. Um, Coach, I know uh, I know you have uh, a one last thing you want to talk about before we we go. But yep. uh, um, I do want to just give you a shout out to uh, uh, or sh- your guys a shout out uh, from the fact that uh, um, you know if, if, if our two hundred active listeners that we have right now, it, it's pretty cool to say. But if you haven't watched Grace uh, play this year, uh, make sure you watch them play because they are are probably going to or you know I, I have to have to be re- a little bit reluctant to say. Uh, you know, should see a team in in Kansas City because it is a tough journey to get there. But a team that can certainly contend. um, And and when we talk about Road to Muni podcast, uh, they're a team that you need to start circling on your calendar to watch.
2: Well, I think also uh, to shout out the rest of these guys, because, again, it's it's a process, right? My older guys are going to get talked about, and Frankie obviously is going to get talked about, and Elijah and Wadding and those guys. But one thing that also I think sets us different, and this isn't just coach speak, is, man, this locker room is really, really good. And we've got some other guys that, you know, every single night are so valuable for our success, the guys like Carter Stoltz and Brett Sikafus and, and Bryson Graeber, and even, you know, our captain senior Jalen Reese, Um, you know, he plays maybe two, three minutes a game, but the value of having that in your locker room and preparing the rest of your guys, is pretty special. So it's fun to be a part of. And, you know, like you said, you got to have some luck, you got to be healthy, but hopefully, uh, hopefully this team can keep going and, um, you know, have a chance obviously to, to hang a banner at the end of the season. So um, yeah. And I just wanted to shout out, I appreciate you giving me the, the time. Um, this isn't real public um, outside of just our, our, immediate family, but you know, we didn't graduate anybody. We, we actually had our entire roster return this past year, which is obviously part of our success, but we did bring in one freshman, um, a young man named Hagan Um, He's Southern Indiana kid. And, um, obviously last year, if you followed the program, you know, we kind of went through a little bit with coach Davidson, Marcus and Frankie's father, um, with cancer and then passing away. Um, and that was pretty tough for not only guys, but the team and just a lot of that community. But, um, earlier in the season, uh, we had found out that Hagen had been diagnosed with a form of cancer. He had some tumors, um, that were found in his stomach. And this has been kind of a ongoing process here for the last probably three months, um, he is obviously not with us right now. The plan is to try to remove those tumors and, um, try to get him back to us as soon as possible. Obviously when it comes to this stuff, basketball is besides the point, it's more about, you know, living and just, you know, being healthy and just, you know, coming back. So, um, just, you know, I reach out just, to the family across and you got a lot of active listeners and people just continue just to pray for Hagen and, you know, 18 years old, man, that's just that rocks you a little bit i'm 37 and i can't imagine coming home to to that news you know myself um so he has been he's been an absolute rock star his family's terrific we got a lot of support a lot of people are, are behind him supporting him but yeah we just ask uh if, if you could pray for hagan and just uh just have him be in your thoughts obviously that's a it's a nasty nasty word and sick and tired of hearing about cancer and I wish it was gone for everybody, but um, we're going to keep fighting, man. And he, he's
0: going to be a superstar. Yeah, we can second that uh, on the uh, cancer and wishing it would go away. Uh, Hagen, we're, we're praying for you, buddy. And uh, you know, I think I speak for all of our listeners uh, wishing you the best of luck and uh, we'll keep you in our thoughts and prayers. as We move forward. So Um, Again, uh, just rounding up or wrapping up here. Uh, This is uh, Grace Lancer's head coach, uh, Scott Moore. Coach, we appreciate you coming on and joining the Road to Muni podcast today. Yep. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate all you do. That's everybody's favorite uh, segment of our Road to Muni podcast. It is the Stock Riser Report. The Stock Riser Report. I think uh i like it when you go first so why don't you go ahead and give us our first stock riser
1: so i'm gonna start with the team and this is a team you know it's kind of been a perennial powerhouse that maybe had a rough start to the year we've talked i feel like a a lot about on the podcast already but indiana wesleyan is a team that had some losses early some questions early but have certainly got the ship going in the right direction so they are a team that you know has kind of found their rhythm found their groove certainly has some good young talent but now, three in a row coming off Christmas break, they play Indiana Tech, Huntington, and Grace. So we're going to learn a lot about Indiana Wesley and as we turn to 2023, and if they're really kind of a contender or more of a pretender.
0: And I'm going to talk about Dillard. Uh, Dillard is a, a team, you know, and, and we see uh, Dillard fans and players. I, I know that uh, we haven't put them in the top 25. Um, you know, I think they're still a team that is maybe looking for their uh, ultra signature win. I know they got a win over uh, Loyola here uh uh, in Mid December here, but Tyrant uh, um, on all cylinders right now. Uh, I believe they won nine straight. Um, I know they lost a, a Division One uh, New Orleans by eight points uh, last week, but uh, a team playing pretty good basketball right now. And um, you know, on the outside looking in uh, a little bit, they they still need to uh, you know to to get a get a big time win uh, to to jump in the top twenty five. But a team that's definitely trending up uh, as a stock riser.
1: Stick, I'll, I'll do kind of a twofer here. One, College of Idaho is a team that has been, you know, so steady all year long, undefeated at this point, but just probably hasn't got enough shine. You know, we talked a lot about the Thomas Moores and, and you know, the Arizona Christians of the world. The College of, College of Idaho is a team that is a true national title contender, and they have a player on their team, Johnny Radford. I just want to give a quick shout out. Averages 14 points a game. I started just one game. Right. And we talk a lot about players that understand their role and understand where their value is for a team. And that's just, you know, understanding what you can do for the team to best help them win. So credit to, to Johnny Radford. Um, that's just a great stat in my mind.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to actually going to move off to uh, a player that, uh, you know, he's coming off a big time uh, last couple games here. And that's true. Lutz out of Bethel, Uh you know they they made the trip down uh, to Florida this past weekend and and uh, he put up thirty one on Southeastern and then turned around and put twenty five up on uh, number ten uh, Florida College, um, and, and Drew just having a heck of a year and and we talk about the Crossroads League a lot obviously and we're coming off of talking to uh, about Grace here on the on the episode but uh, uh, Drew Lutz is just a, a phenomenal player to watching and he can score that role.
1: Yeah, and here I was thinking the the guy I had to keep Indiana high school basketball alive on this podcast, but. Thanks for the assist there, Drew Lutz. Grew up where I currently live. So, yeah, a good player, a really good player for Bethel who certainly has some nice talent and has reloaded this season. And then I just want to – we talk – you know, we just mentioned College of Idaho. We talk a lot about, you know, the top teams. But a couple other other teams, Tougaloo, Antelope Valley, are both undefeated at this point. And so you are what your record says you are, right, like we were talking about earlier. And these teams, if you're undefeated at this point, that's an accomplishment. You have made it through some league games. You've made it through some non-conference games, and to go into the new year undefeated is an accomplishment. And teams should be, you know, you don't want to rest on your laurels, but you should be proud of where you're at at this point in the season. So, credit to those teams that are still, you know, perfect at this point in the season.
0: I'm going to go off a, a similar trait to you, um, not so much as as just talking about the undefeated teams, but uh, um, two teams that. Uh, you know, I, you have to laugh because one. I'm going to talk about Langston again. They're going to be quote unquote this, you know, a surprise team this first semester. But uh, you know, two teams that we've talked a bit a uh, bit about, and uh, I just want to talk about stock risers as far as you know when you're talking about first semester teams that maybe came from nowhere a little bit. And again, that's quote unquote with Langston because of of Coach Chris Wright. But um, you know, phenomenal story lines between both these teams. Langston that uh, was a one one in 27 last year, and then. Uh, the other team is Iowa Wesleyan, who um, I know we've mentioned a couple times on the podcast. But again, just you know, they're in, they're entering the break at fourteen and a one right now, um, and a team that um, y- you know again, I'm I'm interested to see what happens in February, a full month before we get there, uh, when them and Florida College match up. Um, you know, they're probably the two favorites, uh, not, with all respect to Washington Adventist, uh CAC this year. So um, an Iowa Wesleyan team uh, with first year coach Jordan Ashton. Uh, sitting at 14-1, uh, just two teams that that are coming off big semesters after uh, maybe not so great year.
1: You may have seen this on Twitter. It's Hulu. Netflix, congratulations, you just made the list. You want to disrespect the NAI, you're going to end up, you know, losing a subscriber. So <laughs> we saw on the last chance you, you know, uh, Texas A&M, Texas a and wrongly labeled as a D2. We'll let our NAI flag fly here. Um, so, if you're a Hulu subscriber, your stock is going up.
0: Yeah, I like it. Outside the box thinking right there Pat and, and uh, <laughs> December 22nd, uh, you know, of the year and I I don't, I think you made a post maybe yesterday or day before, but uh, you know, we only have a few days left before the the uh, turn of the year and, and Pat got his most liked and most retweeted uh tweet of the yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know if that's true or not, but I I wanted to give Pat a hard time, but it, yeah, it was uh it definitely interesting to to see that because I did not catch that, so I uh, interesting that you pointed that one out. Um, I'm gonna go to another player for for my last one here, and um you know I know we talked about Point Park a little bit early in the year as a team, uh but jo- Joe Joe Valer Valry, and I hope I say that right, but uh, Joe Valry at Point Park, um you know they have a team they have a, a team that's contending right now in the uh in the uh, river States conference, but uh, he's having a really big year. Um, You know, averaging 19 points per game, 10.8 rebounds per game. Uh, He put up 31 on Lawrence tech over the weekend, uh, this past weekend. And then, uh, um, you know, he's, he's just had a big time year. And, and and even here lately, uh, you know, those numbers continue to go and him and, in that Lawrence tech game, uh, you know, maybe the, I can't remember it happening very much this year anyway, uh, but him and uh, Kyrie Coates uh, both put 31 points in that game. He had 31 and 17 in that game. Uh, but for two players combined for 62 points in, the, in a single game, and they only played uh, seven total players in that game. So want to give a shout-out to the Point Park team. Uh, but even more importantly, uh, Joe Valroy is uh, having a heck of a season and wanted to give a shout-out to, to maybe a, a team that people should start circling as well. Uh, but Joe Valry is uh, certainly looking maybe like a, a River States Conference, uh, you know, player of the year candidate. But, Pat, it's uh, I know it's cold outside. Um, you know, I, I don't want to sing any songs to you or, or anything like that, you know. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, yeah, it's uh, beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Um, and we hope that everybody does have uh, whether you're celebrating Christmas or, or another holiday. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Um, and just stay safe, everybody. I know uh, it's very, very cold out there. And if you're traveling, uh, safe travels to all. Uh, Pat, I do want to thank you for everything this semester. And, and I wish you and your wife and your family a Merry Christmas as well.
1: Yeah, thank you. And thanks to everybody who listens. So Merry Christmas to you all. I hope everybody, you know, gets some time to rest and relax and get back up for another semester of hoops.
0: And until next time, this is Junior and Pat signing off.